You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. We'd like to welcome you here to Victory Church of the Bay Area. And uh, if you, this is your first time here, uh, we thank you for taking the time to uh, join us in worshiping Jesus and, um, you know, enjoying the fellowship of, uh, of the believers here. So... All right, um, we are beginning a brand new series this morning. Um, it's going to be a four-week series. Actually, it's a continuation of what we started last year, uh, but we divided it in two parts. Uh, in our previous sermon series, uh, Beyond the Science, we focused on the book of John. And so for, this, for these next four weeks, we are going to focus on uh, the book of John as well, but on the I Am Statements of Jesus. Okay, so so we're going to continue this series. Um, I'm not sure if this is working. There you go. <coughs> is it? Okay, there you go. There you go. It's working. <coughs> I am series, and uh, for those of you who are here with us for the first time, my name is Neil Bernardino, and again, welcome. Let's all stand up right now, and <coughs> let's go to the book of John, chapter 10, and uh, in this sermon series, this is part two, and. Uh, Last year, we looked at three statements of I am statements of Jesus. So these are unique statements uh, that Jesus made uh, in um, basically speaking to people about who he really is. It's not just uh, saying I am as an identifier, but he is say, speaking I am in reference to, 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 the, to, to, to Yahweh's name, the great I am. Okay, so God revealed himself to Moses as the great I am, and here Jesus is speaking that, that because he, he and the Father are one, okay, both of them, you know, so Jesus claimed that. And so we are looking at, he, at his seven statements of, of, of I am. And last year we looked at these, the first three, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the door. And, um, and these next four weeks we're going to look at the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life. And we're also going to look at him as the divine. Okay, so are you, if you're in uh, John 10, and we're going to talk about the good shepherd here, John 10, verse, we're going to start from verse 11 up to verse 16. Okay, John 10, verse 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 16, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that you are the great shepherd. You are the shepherd of our souls, and, and you've you desire to lead us into your purposes, Lord. And we pray as we look at this topic this morning, uh, so we look at Jesus as our great shepherd. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, that we may see, Lord, the goodness uh, of, of, uh, of Jesus and where he is leading us. And we thank you it's going to be to our destiny and to, towards our purpose. And Lord, we commit this sermon to you. Lord, may your, may, your, may, your, may your people receive what your spirit is going to speak to us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. May all take your seats. <clears throat> now, the context, let me just give you a context for, for this passage. Um, Jesus spoke this... Um, as part of basically the discourse on being a shepherd and 
prior to this, he, prior to this passage that we read, he spoke of himself as the door. And we looked at that last year when he said, I am the door, or in some translations, he says, I am the gate that uh, allows the sheep uh, to come in to the sheepfold, to the, into the sheepfold. And him being the door, that means he guards the way. He's the one who lets uh, the sheep in and he lets the sheep out. And he's also the one guarding the sheep from, um, from, uh, from robbers and from wolves and from dangerous animals that may harm the sheep. And uh, he said those things because <coughs> we dial back to chapter 9. This is chapter 9. Jesus healed a man born blind. And we talked about that in Beyond the Signs. And so this man was born blind and Jesus healed him. And so the Pharisees investigated what happened. And they could not believe that uh, this man who was born blind, if, uh, that, that, he, that, this, that, that he was healed on a Sabbath. And so th therefore they concluded that Jesus must not have been from God because he violated the Sabbath. Okay? He violated the Sabbath. And so the, the, the man who was born blind who, who, who was healed said, I don't know if he's from God or not. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. And then so he was thrown out of the synagogue, basically was excommunicated, and Jesus found him, and, they had a, and, and then he started believing. He he, uh, the, 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 the healed person said, I believe. I believe in you. So basically he professed faith in Jesus. And then Jesus said, he made a statement about blindness. But when he said that, there were Pharisees around him during that time. And the Pharisees heard what Jesus said. And they took offense at that and said, what, are we blind too? Are you saying that we are blind? As leaders here, we, we are blind? And, said, and Jesus said, if you claim to see, to see, then your guilt remains. But if you do not see, then you're, you, you're not guilty. So, so, so Jesus spoke about, spiritual blindness uh, <clears throat> and then he spoke of himself as the shepherd the, the door and the good shepherd now remember Jesus when he would teach he would use um, the things that are around him he would use things that are um, found in natural life in, in, in life in the context where he was so if he was talking to farmers, he would use a farming analogy. If he was talking to fishermen, he would use a fisherman's uh, analogy or a fishing analogy, something they could relate with. And here, he was addressing the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the shepherds of the people of Israel. And then he spoke about him being the good shepherd. And can you imagine? These were the established leaders of Israel. They were the shepherds of Israel. And then here comes another one who is not from their order, not from their group, not, from the, not affiliated with them, speaking of himself as the good shepherd. Okay? So you see there's a tension building there. Now, in, as we look at John chapter 10, we need to see this from the, from the context of the Old Testament understanding of what a shepherd is. Okay? Now, in the, in the Old Testament... now. Here in the West, shepherding, there are still some places where, where there are shepherds. Sheep are being herded. Um, uh, no, sorry. The, you know, they take care, shepherds take care of flocks. But here in the West, the way shepherds take care of the sheep or keep the sheep together is uh, with uh, sheepdogs, right? But in the ancient Near East and in, in, uh, in the Israelite times, in their context, they did not use sheepdogs. They just used the shepherds. And the way they shepherd the sheep is different from the way the Westerners would shepherd their sheep. Okay, so <clears throat> here, shepherds take care of their sheep. And the, shep and the sheep recognize their shepherd. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> um, I was told by, uh, by one, of a, one of a minister friend of mine um, in... In, in Israel, she was informed by some of the shepherds there that uh, they actually named the sheep. And then the sheep know their names. 
So when the sheep wanders away, the shepherd just calls, calls the name of the sheep. It, the sheep goes back. They, the sheep recognizes the voice of the shepherd. <coughs> okay? So <coughs> in the Old Testament, uh, when you talk about shepherd in, in terms of the covenant, it refers to uh, the, the caretakers of God's people as assigned by, assigned by God. So first of all, the Bible says in Psalm verse 80, chapter 80, verse 1, this is um, the psalmist. It says, Give us ear, O shepherd of Israel. Give us ear, O shepherd of Israel. So God is referred to as the shepherd of Israel, okay? Not just a shepherd. He is the shepherd of Israel, okay? <clears throat> He's the one taking care of the flock, of the, the, the flock of Israel. And then, the Lord, and then David <clears throat> referred to God, the Lord, as his own shepherd. Not only is the Lord the shepherd of the entire nation of Israel, David saw himself as a sheep that's part of God's flock. So he says, the Lord is my shepherd. How many of you are familiar with this passage? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. We're going to read that in a, in a while again. <clears throat> And in Isaiah, it says there, in Isaiah 40, can we make this a little bigger? Because uh, it's, there you go. <clears throat> it says there, behold, the Lord God comes with might. And so basically here in Isaiah ch chapter 40, verses, um, verses 10 and 11, it speaks of God as one who tends his flock like a shepherd. So the Old Testament, in the Old Testament understanding of shepherd, they understood that God is the one who is shepherding the nation. He is taking care of the nation. <clears throat> and God has given the responsibility to caretakers, to people. Uh, he has given certain people the responsibility to take care of the sheep. And when you shepherd a, a people in this context, you're taking care of them, and you're leading them. And that's what shepherds do. <clears throat> um, in the Western way of uh, moving sheep, moving the flock, the shepherds are behind the sheep, and then they are driving the flock. <clears throat> and they're using those sheep dogs to make the flock move. But in the, in the in ancient Near East context, the shepherd walks in front of the sheep, and because the sheep recognize their shepherd, they follow him. There's that difference there, <clears throat> okay? <clears throat> There's a difference there. So that actually is an analogy where, where people are. Either you're being driven by a shepherd, okay, who's using hounds to drive you, or you're being led by the true shepherd. You see the, do, you see, do you see where I'm going here? You see, we can be... We can, be, we can be driven by, by other things or by other people, by, what, by an ideology, or we can be led by Jesus. Okay? It's either one or the other. Now, <clears throat> but these people who were, who were um, designated by God to be the caretakers, to be the shepherds of the people of Israel, were unfaithful to their responsibility. As a matter of fact, they... They actually did not look after the sheep's welfare. They looked after their own lives. They basically uh, got, um, you know, um, took care of their own welfare. They made themselves, they used the, their position of leadership and influence too for their own benefit. Okay, so it's pretty corrupt, you know. <laughs> um, and God... Um, address that issue by sending prophets to speak to the people and particularly to the leaders, to the shepherds of the people, to turn back to God and turn back to his, to his ways of how they are to be led by God. But they kept on insisting on how they want things to be done. And so after many, uh, after many uh, generations, the people of Israel were because they were led by leaders 
who were blind that Jesus spoke of, spiritual blindness. And so what happens is people f blindly followed those who were blind. So it was the blind leading the blind. So they were all led to basically to sin. Um, and so God judged them to discipline them. And that's why they were sent into exile. And so the Pharisees of Jesus' time understood that story of their people. They understood that it was because of Israel's uh, corruption and particularly of the leaders of Israel not following God. And that's why they were exiled. Th they know that story. And they know the reason why they were exiled. And now they're thankful that they're back in their, in their, in their promised land. But they've reverted back to their prior condition, uh, their condition prior to the exile. There again, we see here the blind leading the blind. Okay? So, in Ezekiel 34, this, Ezekiel was a prophet during the exile. And here, um, the Lord spoke to the people through the prophet Ezekiel. And uh, he said there, in, uh, in denouncing the shepherds, he also promised to give them the true shepherd. And this promise here in Ezekiel 34, verse 23, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. Now, was, he, was God speaking of King David here? No, because David had already passed. This was during the time of the exile. These were like uh, centuries after David. So when God spoke through Ezekiel that he was going to raise up David, that was a name given, that, that was a messianic name. That was a name that referred to the Messiah because the Messiah was going to come from David's line. Okay? That's why God made a covenant with David that your kingdom will be established forever. Okay? So, so here, the people understood that the Messiah would come from David's line. So any reference to David after, uh, you know, during the exile and after the exile is a reference to the messianic king that will come. That's why the expectation of the people when they talk about the Messiah, they're thinking about the Messiah as one who is like David, who, who is a warrior, who will conquer the nations around, who will, who will deliver the, the, the nation of Israel from their oppressors, just like David did. So that was the expectation of the Messiah. So, but here we, is one of, the, one of the, the, the milestones. These are the key moments where they understood that God had promised a Messiah. So who will be their true and one, one and true shepherd? Okay, so, and Jesus coming in declaration as the good shepherd actually is a fulfillment of this promise. And we see many more of these promises, the, these messianic promises all throughout uh, the Old Testament. And this is one of them. So here, Jesus declares he is the good shepherd. Remember, God promised there will be one shepherd, and this, is going, this shepherd will be the Messiah. And then here now, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Okay? So he's now pointing to what the Old Testament prophecies have spoken about him. And that's already being fulfilled right now. So he was, he was speaking that. So let's look at uh, some truths about Christ as the good shepherd. Okay. Um, first, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's why David, when he... How many of you have uh, read the story of David? Did you know that he fought a lion by, all by himself? You know, he, he fought a bear by himself, and then he won in both times. And those were actually his um, practice sessions for his encounter with Goliath. <laughs> you know? so, but do you know that when he, when he uh, fought the lion and the bear, it was during the time when he was all alone on the field when he was shepherding his flock. And then the lion and the bear, do you think when they, when they came... You think they were targeting David? No, they're looking at the sheep. 
wow, buffet line right there. So now, here comes the shepherd, David. He puts himself in between the lion and the sheep, or in between the bear and the, and the sheep. Just as he did by putting himself in between the Israelites and Goliath and the Philistines. He, that's the nature of a true shepherd. He will lay down his life for his sheep. And Jesus said that. John 10 verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. <clears throat> and this statement is on the basis of relationship. Okay? The hired hand, when, he see, when, you know, when a hired shepherd sees danger, sees the wolf, and Jesus alluded to that, the hired hand sees the wolf, what, 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 did we, what did we hear in, in the passage that we just read a while ago? When the wolf came, and the hired hand saw the wolf, what did he do? He was scared, and he fled. Left the sheep behind him. And so the sheep were, you know, ravaged by the wolf. The wolf, you know, um, snatched the sheep and scattered them. Okay? But here, Jesus... A true shepherd will put himself in between the sheep and, and, the, and danger out of, on the basis of his relationship with the sheep. And the sheep look, always look to the shepherd to protect them. Okay? It is said that sheep don't really know what to do. And they are easily panicked. But when they see the shepherd, when they know the shepherd is there, they're okay. They're okay. Even if there's danger there, they look at the shepherd, they're okay. And that's what true shepherd does. Okay? And he lays down his life um, for the sheep on the basis of his relationship with the sheep. Now, laying down one's life is the ultimate act of what? Love. It's the ultimate act of love. And uh, selfless, love is self. It's selfless and it's sacrificial. And this is the kind of love the good shepherd has for every believer. Sacrificial love. Didn't he prove it already? He laid down his life for us. The good shepherd is concerned for the sheep because they are his property and because he loves them individually. You see, in, in, uh, in the Israelite context, the sheep were named. See, the shepherd knew the sheep. Okay? So, he had a relationship with them. And he laid down his life for them. Secondly, is another thing. Oh, sorry. Romans 5.8 says, And he does so because of his great love for them. And it uh, says there, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while we were still his enemies, while we were still in rebellion against God, he died for us because he loved us nonetheless. Okay? The second thing about truth about the good shepherd is this, that he cares for the sheep. Okay? The good shepherd cares for the sheep. Um, we see that again with the hireling in verse 12. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches and scatters them. He flees. I'm talking about the, sh the, the hireling. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Cares nothing. He just cares. The only thing he cares about is to get paid. This is a job. Okay? Not a relationship. Um, he cares only about what he will get. He's doing the good thing because he's going to get something. And that's why he's doing it. But when danger comes, he flees. The true shepherd cares for the sheep. He not only will lay down his life for you, he cares about you. Uh, <clears throat> How many of you have seen a picture of Jesus um, carrying a lamb here on his shoulder? Have you seen that? That's a picture of a shepherd. And that's what shepherds do when, the sh when sheep injure themselves. The shepherd will bind the sheep's wounds, treat the wound, and then for the sheep to recover, to heal, 
he would take the sheep and carry that sheep until that sheep would heal. He would put him in, he would put the sheep on his shoulders, carry them while they are healing. And that speaks of care, right? And how many of you uh, are familiar with uh, this, uh, this story um, of um, footprints in the sand? A lot of, you know, people said, you know, Lord, at a certain time in my life, you and I were walking together for I see two sets of footprints. But during this junction in my life, during this time of great difficulty in my life, the greatest difficulty of my life, well, the worst, why did you leave me? Now there's only one set of footprints. Why did you leave me? I don't understand. What he didn't understand was that the set of footprints that kept on through that hardship was not his. It was God's. For at that time of hardship, God took him, carried him. The, you know, the shepherd, the true shepherd cares for his sheep. He cares for you. He cares for the welfare of the sheep. We are his sheep. So look at the person next to you. Okay? Don't say bah. <laughs> Tell that person God cares for you. <clears throat> God cares about you. Okay? <clears throat> God cares for you. God cares about you. He knows your affairs. He knows your struggles. He knows your pain. He knows when you're wounded. And He knows when to carry you. Come on now. When you think, oh Lord, I can't take this anymore. When you're saying you can't take this anymore, actually God's already carrying you at that time. You just don't recognize it. You just don't realize it. But His grace is always there. Because He cares. And we see the Lord's concern for His sheep. Remember after He resurrected. Remember Peter who denied Jesus three times. Remember him? Jesus prophesied that Peter was going to deny him. And Peter said, no, I'm, not, I'm never going to deny you. Me? Maybe him, but not me, Lord. You know, and then a few hours later, Peter denies Jesus, just as Jesus prophesied. And so he's broken. You know, how many of you play Wii? In those Wii games, right, when you lose? You're like this, right, in the Wii sports? <laughs> Peter was like this, and then after Jesus resurrected, you know, everyone's excited. And Peter is excited to see his Lord, risen Lord, but he knew. I denied him. Oh, man, I can't face him. I'm, you know, I'm guilty. And so when, when Jesus would speak to Peter, yes, Lord, he couldn't look at him straight. You know, have you felt that way? Sometimes when you're guilty, you couldn't look straight. Uh, you couldn't look the person straight in the eye, you know, because you know you're guilty. And then his eyes of love pierced. So after the third time Peter denied him, Jesus looked at him from afar. And his gaze pierced his soul. <laughs> and he probably remembered that gaze and, you know, and Jesus is here. And then you know, Jesus was with his disciples at the time after he resurrected. And then he singles Peter out. Peter, walk with me. Come here, Peter. And Peter goes, oh, no, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Here we go. <clears throat> But here's what Jesus said. <clears throat> Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. And then he asked the second time, Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you, Lord. Take care of my lambs. You know what? Let me just ask the third time, Peter. Do you love me? Now, was Jesus insecure? Because some people who are, you know, you know those high-maintenance people, they always ask that. Do you love me? Really? Say it. Say it again, please. And then after, do you really love me? Jesus was not insecure. That's why he was asking those things. What Jesus was doing, he was restoring Peter. Remember the true shepherd. He restores my soul in Psalm 23. It says there. He was restoring Peter because he denied him three times. So Peter, God, Jesus was giving him the, the opportunity to be healed. Of each of those times he, was, he denied Christ, the Christ. Do you love me? And the third time, Peter understood. And he was broken. And he was weeping. And he understood what the Lord was doing. Lord, you know, you know that I love you. But maybe in his mind, Lord. But I messed up. You know, I'm, 
I'm not perfect. How many of you can relate with Peter? We're messed up people. We're like Peter, we're not going to deny you, Lord. And then the next, we deny him. And then we're messed up, we're like this. But Jesus ministers to us. He restores our soul. And he knows we're imperfect. And yet he loves us and he cares for us. And here is how Jesus restored Peter. He said, you know, do you love me? The third time, yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. So in restoring Peter, Jesus was, was, well, here's what Jesus did. Peter, the reason why you're messed up is because you're always looking at your life. You're always looking at yourself or what you can do. But you don't know that, you know, you need to realize that you're, you know you're going to mess up. So don't look to yourself or to your ability. Look to me. And the way you will, the, one of the ways for you to really not mess up, or at least to have be in the right focus, is don't focus on yourself. Focus on others. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? See all these people? Take care of them. Would you take care of them for me? You love me? Do you love me? Would you take care of these people for me? You get what I'm saying here? You see, that's how Jesus, he cared for Peter to restore him, but he also cares for everybody. Peter, would you take care of them? Isn't God amazing? So here, <clears throat> he cares for his sheep. Thirdly, the good shepherd knows his sheep. So he lays down his life, he cares for them, and then he knows them. I already shared a story that in the ancient Near East, in the, in, in the Middle Eastern context, at the time, they, they named their sheep. They know their sheep by name. Okay, so uh, I am the good shepherd in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Okay? The good shepherd knows his sheep. Verse 3 of that same chapter earlier says, says this one. Oh, we went ahead. We, there you go. To him the gatekeeper op opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his sheep, his own sheep by name and leads them out. You see, he calls you each by name. Do you think it's just an accident that you're here this morning? Do you think it's an accident that you, you're, you've come to believe in Jesus? No. He made you and he called you by name. And you responded. And some of you are about to respond. Some of you are just, you didn't even know he was calling you, but you're here. The reason why you're here is because he's, you know, he's working his way through your heart to hear his voice. Here's the thing. Jesus said in, in later on in chapter 10, You do not hear my voice because you're not my sheep, but my sheep know my voice. Okay? My sheep understand. But God is working in us so that He can make us His sheep. Alright? We'll, we'll see that in a moment. He calls His, his own sheep by name and leads them. J.I. Packer, uh, in his book, Knowing God, said this, What matters supremely... Therefore, it's not, in the last analysis, the fact that I know God, but the larger fact which underlies it, that He knows me. He knows me. Do you know God knows you more than you know yourself? He knows who you are. He knows He created you. He knows your tendencies. He knows you. Just like my, you know, my best friend. You know, we know each other that even before he would do something, like we're in a given situation, a situation comes up and then I would look at my friend and he, I know what he would think, what he was thinking. And we would look at each other and, go, and I would tell him, don't even think about it. And we would just laugh. Because I know how he would think. You know, so we know each other. Okay, um, my wife sometimes, you know, she, 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 there's situations there and she just looks at me because she knows me. She knows my tendencies, okay. 
it's not, more, it's not about we know God. The greater reality is that He knows us. Are you lost today? You're lost maybe in your mind, but God knows where you are and knows who you are. If you don't understand who you are, and a lot of people today are confused about who they are. They don't know what they're about. They don't know their identity. They don't even know. They're blind. They look at the mirror and say they're this, but they're not. You get what I'm saying here? But God knows who you are. If you want to know who you really are, get to know God because He can tell you who you are, who you really are. The Lord Jesus knows the character of His sheep. Who they are, what they are like, their strengths, their weaknesses. They know. So, who are His sheep now? Uh, we know that God's sheep, you know, the people of God are His sheep. Okay? And in the Old Covenant, the people of God would refer to the nation of Israel. So does that mean that, what about those who are not Israelites? Are they not the people of God? You see, you have to understand, here's another thing, we have to talk about this some other time, this is another sermon series. But in light, in light of covenant, God had to raise up a nation to be His beacon of light for the rest of the world. So He chose Israel so that all the nations of the earth will benefit from his goodness and he would use a vessel called Israel okay so in the old covenant the people of God refers to the nation of Israel <clears throat> but here's what Jesus said so in the minds of the Israelites the Jews at the time we are the people of God we are his sheep Jews Gentiles we are the sheep, those are the goats. I mean, you, you think it's, it's, that's how they were thinking. That's why they had that demarcation, Jews and Gentiles. We are Jews, everybody else, they're Gentiles. Touch them not. Relate with them not. They're like Yoda. Relate with them not. <clears throat> but here's what Jesus said. This is consistent with covenant. You know the covenant God made with Abram? I will bless you. I will make you into a great nation. I will make, you, make your name great. And you will be a blessing to the nations. You see God's covenant with Abram to make him into a great nation. He wants the whole world to be, a bless, to be blessed through them. Through, his, through the nation that's going to come out of Abraham. So you see God's, God's idea of his people is not just through one, one, one nation, but he wants the whole world to come to him. Okay, and so here we see Jesus saying here, so who are sheep? Uh, you see here, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. What's Jesus doing here? The Old Covenant says the people of God, the flock of God, is the nation of Israel. But here, in Jesus, the New Covenant comes. In Jesus, He fulfills the Old Covenant, everything, all the requirements of the Old Covenant, and then He ushers in the New Covenant in Him, in His blood. That in Him, there is a New Covenant, and in this New Covenant, the flock of God, the sheep of God, the people of God, are, just no, are no longer just the nation of Israel, but everybody else, everybody, all the nations who will come to him. All the nations who will come to him, okay? So in the new covenant, the people of God are those who would believe in Jesus Christ and receive eternal life through him, the good shepherd. I have sheep not from this fold, not from this pen. This is what you know. This is the, the sheepfold that you know. I have sheep not from this fold. But I, just, I must gather them also. And in verse 9, it says here, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So you know, in other words, he qualifies now. It's no longer just the nation of Israel. In the new covenant, 
anyone, a- any, anyone from any nation who puts their faith in me will become my sheep. Okay? What are the implications for the sheep? So who is the sheep now? Who is the sheep now? Who are God's flock? We are those who put their faith in Christ. We are in the new covenant. So what's the implication? So everything Jesus spoke of here has direct implication to our lives. What's, what are these implications? Let's read Psalm 23, shall we? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. We see there's leadership there. And see, I shall not want. Implication, you will be provided for. You, will have, you won't have any need. All your needs will be met. And it, the, the nuance here is also this. That I shall not want any other thing, anything else. He is enough. Christ is enough. Okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Speaks of provision there. And then he leads me beside still waters. So the shepherd will lead you. Sorry. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What else? Continue on. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the midst of opposition, God says, let's have a meal. Let's fellowship. Let's have time together. But Lord, they're they're enemies. Don't worry about them. I got you. I got you. Let's enjoy this time together. You see, God is our refuge. In the presence, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's interesting. The Lord is the shepherd. He's leading us. We're following him. We listen to his voice. We follow him. And guess what's ha- what's, what happens as we follow him? Read. Are you seeing it? I'm following the shepherd. I'm following the true shepherd. I'm following Jesus. I listen to his voice. I trust him. I obey him. And what's following after? What's following me? What's pursuing me as I pursue Christ? His goodness, His mercy shall, shall follow you all the days of your life. As we are about to land here, we can see here that we, there is security. When Jesus is your shepherd, there's security in your life. There is protection in your life. That's not going to come from, from, from this world. It's going to come from Him. There's going to be provision. There's going to be leadership in your life. So as we respond, how do we respond now? Can we go to that slide, please? This thing's not working. Our response. <laughs> okay. So our response here now, first, let's look at two verses here. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. John 10, 14. And John 10, 27 says there, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So our response to the good shepherd, simply this. Know him, listen to him, follow him. And as we do so, for sure, how do you say it here? I can't even say it. Pasha. 
fascia. I don't know. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'd like to invite, I'd like to ask the worship team to please come. We're going to sing one song. And, <clears throat> and here's the thing. This deal about, this whole thing about leadership, about, about the shepherd, it's all about relationship, isn't it? Jesus spoke as the good shepherd. He spoke in terms of relationship. Look at this. John 14, the 10 verses 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. When you know someone, that speaks of relationship, isn't it? Right? How many of you know acquaintances? How many of you know your best friends? You see, acquaintance and best friends... Those are different levels, but those are levels of relationships, right? You know them. I know them as an acquaintance. I know them. this as an acquaintance. I know this as a, as a friend. But those, are, those speak of relationship, and Jesus spoke in relational terms. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. So, this relationship that he had with the father this intimacy that he had with the father he now offers to those who will become a sheep you will not only enjoy relationship with me you will enjoy restored relationship with the father then you will know who you are you can only know the good shepherd if you are his sheep and as his sheep you have the privilege of knowing him more and more so this is our response, and I want to leave you with this. Our lives are safe and secure under the leadership and care of the Good Shepherd. How many of you want this? That your life, you know, no matter what's happening around you, no matter what your challenges are, can we turn back the lights on, the main lights, please? There you go, thank you. Our lives are safe and secure under the leadership and care of the Good Shepherd. You want to be under His care and leadership? Then we have to put our faith in Him, believe. What about those who don't believe? Here's what Jesus said. And let's all stand right now. When I, when He saw the crowds, when Jesus saw the crowds, He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Either you're driven by something and you're hounded by the enemy or you are led by Jesus. He sees you as one who is harassed and helpless but He died for you so that He can pluck you out of that situation, out of your sin, quagmire of sin, so that He can make you into His sheep. He can make you into His child. And He can save you. The book of John was written so that we may know and believe in Jesus Christ, the one the, Lord, the, the Father has sent. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray right now. Father, right now, we just thank You. Lord, we pray for those who are already believers, who are already in your sheepfold. Lord, that they would continually desire to know you, trust you, listen to your voice, follow you and obey you. And the more they do so, the more they will know who you are and the more they will know of themselves. But Father, thank you for leading them, putting them under your care. And because of that, they have security, significance. And they are saved. Lord, I pray Lord, for your sheep, Lord, to be strengthened all the more in terms of our relationship with you. That we would grow in our walk with you. But I pray for those also who are not of this sheepfold. Lord, those who are not yet in your fold, but your desire, you desire to gather them. Some of them are here this morning. And they are indeed harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. 
Lord, they don't have to be harassed. They don't have to be helpless. For you are there. You want to save them. Lord, I pray that you've already opened the door. You said you are the door. And you've already opened the door for them. I pray that they would respond and, and enter by the door. That they would come to you and find pasture. They find salvation. That they would find forgiveness. That they would find hope. That they would find salvation. Lord, I pray that those people today, would you touch their hearts? And open their eyes that they would see their need of you. Lord, no matter what ideologies or philosophies or, or humanistic thought that have, they've held on to, I pray, God, that you would bring a revelation of who you are to them. Open their eyes that they would see. And help them to see that the door's already open. When you died on that cross, Lord, the veil in the temple was torn and the Holy of Holies was exposed, signifying that the door is open. That we can now come to the presence of the Father through the finished work of Jesus Christ, our shepherd. And I pray that they would see that and respond. If that's you and if you want to respond today, let me encourage you. I'm going to ask some of the Victory Group leaders, please stand there by that middle aisle. Would you make your way there already so that the people can see you? And I want you to, those of you responding, approach one of these and they will help you with the next steps. But there's the greatest decision you will make in your life is to put your faith in Christ. Believe me, when you're under His leadership, when you're under His care, you know what salvation is. You know what provision is. You know what security is. And most of all, you will know who God is. And He will lead you. Father, right now, I just pray, as we sing this song, Lord, we're going to worship you, Lord. I pray that your pe the people would respond, that they would come to the fold. Jesus is inviting you right now. Would you come to my fold? Would you now come? And he's speaking to you individually right now. Would you come? Would you take my hand and allow me to save you? Father, we thank you.